Hey folks, this is Randy Barfield with Barfield Home Inspections. I'm here as part of Under the Roof with Randy Barfield, and here we're starting our first episode one podcast. And today I've got Mary Green here with me. She's with Live Out Loud PR, and she's going to be asking me some questions, and we're going to just have a conversation back and forth about home inspections. So here we go. Thanks, Randy. Excited to be here with you today from the lovely home base of Barfield Home Inspection. And I think the question that most people would ask is, what's the history behind Barfield? Yeah, Uh, I've been doing this. I got my license in 2003. Um, My older brother, Rusty, uh, yep, all of us Barfield boys are names start with an R. Rusty, Randy, Ronnie, and Richie. (laughs) But my older brother, Rusty, is an inspector, and he's been a home inspector for over 25 years down in southeast Texas. And he got me into it. I was, I just sold my cabinet and furniture shop, and I was doing some, I went back to doing some remodel work, and then uh, he needed some help down there, and uh, I went down there, and back then you had to, you had to an apprentice you had to be at least two years as an apprentice. Uh, and then you, and this is through the Texas Real Estate Commission program as a home inspector. You had to be, um, you had to be accepted into the Texas Real Estate Commission home inspector program to be able to do it. And then you had to have an instruction background or an architect or an engineer. And then you, uh, if you'd go through a two year program as an apprentice and then you did a six-month technical college course, and this one was out of Garland, Texas, up in Dallas. And then you would take the exam, and if you passed, you got your license, and um, then you could start home inspecting. And there were three levels, home uh, apprentice, and then real estate inspector, and then professional real estate inspector. But, yeah, so I got my license in 2003, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. So what are the differences between the three types of home inspectors? Well, like I said, apprentice is when you're, and they really don't have that apprentice and real estate inspector program that much anymore. Now you can go, I believe ACC, uh, Champion School of Real Estate, they also, they offer a program, kind of like what they call fast track. And uh, they'll teach you somewhat about being a home inspector and then teach you how to pass the exam. And then it's very highly recommended that you get on with a professional home inspector to show you, to kind of walk you through. Like my two guys, Mike and Phil, they went through that fast track program. They have construction background, but they went through it. And then I trained them individually almost a year before they ever did their first home inspection. So it's a little bit more than just getting your license. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how you do it. After you get licensed. Yeah. What do you do? First thing, after you get your license, you got to get insured. If you're going to be an active home inspector, you got to go get your insurance and that's your ENO liability insurance. Uh, there's several companies that offer that, but you got to have that before you can ever start your first home inspection. And then you got to get some inspector uh, home inspection software or program to type your inspection reports and then you get all your tools um ladders uh, 
voltage, electrical checking devices, screwdrivers, uh, hand tools, moisture meters, things like that. Um, there's several different types of kits you can buy or like we all have the computer zip levels that we use to check the foundation and we use the, the thermal imaging cameras and we have moisture detection and uh, different types of uh, electrical testers and now, is all of that equipment standard, or is that specific to what Barfield offers? It's specific to what we offer, but there's a minimum. Like, you need to have at least one ladder, and you need to be able to get on a roof. And if you're not going to get on a roof, you need to be able to tell the people that you're not going to get on a roof and why. Uh, there are some roofs that you can't just can't get on. They're unsafe, but you need to make an attempt at some point with it, you know, within reason. Um, and you know, get in the attics and stuff, but you got to be able to have a ladder. You got to be able to have something to check outlets with. Um, there's a limited amount of tools like screwdrivers and voltage, uh, plug testers, uh, flashlight, of course, you got to have two or three flashlights. And I mean, it all depends on how thorough you want to be. You can do the bare minimum with just a voltage, I mean, a plug tester and a ladder and a screwdriver and a flashlight, but I don't know how effective you're going to be as a home inspector unless you buy more equipment, but yeah. Um, you know, you can get like two or $3,000 worth of equipment and that'll get you pretty much into it. Um, but yeah, that's how you get started. So you got your license, mm -hmm. you've got your equipment, you get in the truck mm -hmm. <laughs> and what do you do? When, um, you got to be able to get a client uh, to do an inspection. Um, realtors will put you on a list. Uh, you need to be able to do a really good inspection to for because realtors <clears throat> they're not the ones hiring you, but they can refer you. The person buying the house or selling the house is the one that's going to hire you to do the inspection. But <clears throat> um, Realtors can refer you, and the real estate rule is if they refer anyone, they have to refer at least three people or three different contractors. And then they leave it up to the client to pick one of those three. Um, and what most or clients should do, buyers or sellers, is they will call and basically go through a, few, a very small interview over the phone or in person about what you do, how you do it, how long you've been doing it, what's it going to cost, when will I get the report and how, you know, how thorough are you? And if you'll be able to answer questions afterward. Yeah. So, um, that's how you get your, your work. So the very first year I had one inspection. And the reason I got that inspection is because somebody was trying to call a different home inspector and they called me by mistake. So that's how I got my first one. And then the second year I did three inspections. And then the third year, I think I did 15 and then fourth year, fifth year, so on. I did a few more every year. And then last year we did 901 inspections. And so it just takes time to get there, but you just got to get your name out there, get on the referral list and start doing inspections. Now, are we pretty sure that all 901 last year called on purpose? Oh, yeah. They didn't call me by mistake. As far as I know, they didn't. But, uh, um, and it's through, 
a lot of marketing, uh, which is why you're you're here. And uh, we became good friends, you and Ashley, with Live Out Loud. You've taken my business to a whole another level. Uh, but uh, social media, doing presentations, Facebook, Instagram, um, getting out there, getting the word out, and a beautiful website. Uh, all that goes into to getting work. Well, we're happy to do it. And happy <laughs> to be in partnership with you. Right? Yep. So, just in case anybody out there is wondering, is there, you know, a rule as to whether it is the buyer or the seller that hires the home inspector? It's majority of the time. Well, um, now you can do a pre-inspection on your home before you list it. And in that case, the seller will be hiring me to do a pre-inspection. It's still the same inspection, home inspection, pre-inspection. It's the same thoroughness, the same report, the same format. Um, but in most cases, the buyer of the home will contact us to perform a home inspection so they know the condition of that property so they can make an informed decision on whether they want to buy it or not. And if they do buy it, then what do they need to have repaired or negotiated or and so forth? Um, in the state of Texas, it is not required to have a home inspection done in order to buy it. You can buy it without a home inspection. It's just a really great idea and a very good idea to have it done. Uh, it's the, you know just one of the, buying a house is one of the most important things you ever do in your life, and why not have it inspected? So, yeah. Well, I wonder, Randy, if you can tell us, you know, before 2003, mm -hmm. what, what in your experience kind of led you down that path that being mm -hmm. a home inspector, that, you know, you were qualified to do that and interested in, in doing that, pursuing that? Uh, I've always had a really good attention to detail. Um, so I just kind of fell into the process of, I mean, I, I built furniture, I love building furniture, but unfortunately, uh, there's no money in it. Um, I built furniture. I built, uh, believe it or not, custom nursery furniture. Um, I don't know how I got, I, well, I know how I got into it, but that's a whole other story one day. But, uh, and then I had this beautiful shop out in Jonestown and uh, working 20 hours a day, seven days a week. And just decided somebody came up one day and wanted to buy the whole production and move it to Houston. And I said, yes, I'm done. I'm burnt out. Please, I'll sell it to you. And I was looking for something else to do. And my brother said, he needed to come. I need to come down there and help him. And so I did it. And next thing I know, I'm an apprentice. And then I'm a home inspector. But it was just, at the time, it was just something to do in between I had a couple of remodel jobs lined up and I, and it also, I said, well, the worst thing has happened is I don't become a home inspector, but I learn all the building codes better. And, um, I did become a home inspector and then I'm, now I'm doing it full time. I haven't done a, a remodel or a build in 10 years. So this is my full time gig now. The rest is history. The rest is history. What is the most common I don't know if we'd call it a problem mm -hmm. um, but let's for the sake of this conversation let's call it a problem that you see when you're in a home inspection yeah uh, 
quantifying it on the most common, um, I would say, well, um, there's, let's say you own, well, let me go back. If I go to a house that's built in prior to 1950s, more than likely that's a pier and beam home. And you can run into anything. That's pier and beam, so it's an older home. You could have old wiring, a bad foundation, any number of things in a 1950s house, as well as sewer lines. And then you get into the 60s where you had better construction, um, slab foundations, but you also had cast iron sewer lines. And as soon as I know that it's a 1960s house, I know there is a potential issue for problems with sewer lines. And sewer lines are probably the most, anything under the ground is gonna be hard to see because it's one, the home inspection is a visual inspection. We don't take anything apart. We don't open any walls. We don't cut into anything. We don't dismantle anything. We can't. Uh, but we assume that since it's 1960s, it's going to have cast iron. So that's probably the most is common issue. And then in the 70s, you had potential of aluminum wiring. Um, and then in the 80s, you just had when houses really started to get ramped up in Austin and Texas. And then you just had kind of the potential of uh, substandard craftsmanship. They were putting the house together really fast. Uh, 90s, they started coming back around with better construction, but you also had homes, spec homes, track homes that were built, had the potential of being kind of put together kind of rough. But then in the 2000s is when the IRS, the International Residential Building Code, really started coming up with updated codes they started putting out a a code book the nec the national electric code the upc the uniform or uniform built uh, plumbing code all those things started becoming more printed more committees um, uh, codes were being issued on a regular basis being updated every three years code enforcement was really starting to crack down uh, permits were being enforced more rigidly. So houses in the 2000s and up to what we have now, houses have been really good construction. But you can still find problems. So, uh, you know, we can go in there and you can find a bad foundation or you can find, you know, nobody, typically homeowners don't get up on their roof. So they don't know if they have bad shingles or shingles that are damaged. So you can find that. Um you know, windows that have fogged over is really common in older homes or, you know, double pane windows. And then after that, it just kind of anything can happen. Yeah. So, so the most common, it would, I guess it would be when it was built. What is so surprising to me about that is that it wasn't that long ago that everything became kind of more standard and more regulated. Yeah. Austin really started being, and they are today, uh, one city that has really, stepped up their game on code enforcement. Um, and if you're a builder in Austin, you know what I'm talking about. But other towns, Cedar Park, Round Rock, Pflugerville, started following a, what they call adopting the building code. And like I said, the IRC typically comes out with a new updated version every three years. And cities will choose to adopt that particular year. Well, Austin typically gets, keeps up. So uh, Austin may be on 2000, 
17 or 18 or 19 building code, but Round Rock may be on 2015 or uh, whichever year. They may be a couple years behind, but uh, but they'll catch up pretty quick. So, But <clears throat> I should say this, that the, the home inspector is not a code inspector. Um, the home inspector has the standards of practice that is enforced and put out by the Texas Real Estate Commission. And the building code and the standards of practice kind of run alongside of each other. So some codes can carry over, but the home inspector is supposed to use the building code as a reference. He is not there to enforce any code. Now, if he sees something, of course, he writes it up. But the home inspector has no authority whatsoever to change anything. He doesn't go and report something that's out of code to Austin, city of Austin code enforcement. He just writes it down and writes it up as deficient. So, but he's there not to, uh, you, you really can't look at a house that's built in 1970 that hasn't been updated and expect it to be in 2017 building code. Now, if a, an inspector chooses to write it up that way, well, that's up to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're not code enforcers. We're just home inspectors. Now, what happens with the report after you finish it? So, for us, Barfield Home Inspection, we, we have a program on our iPads that we type the report up as we're working on the house, as we're inspecting it. And then we take it, um, take it back to our computer and then we edit it and we send it up and they send it to me and then I look over every single report before it goes out and then we email it out to the buyer and if we have the realtor's information we'll and and, and with the buyer's permission we'll also send it to their agent so they can have it and typically we get it out within by the end of the day you know if it's you know you've signed off on the inspection agreement and you paid for it uh, then we send it out and typically you have it within 24 hours. That seems like a pretty quick turnaround. You got to be quick because I remember it used to be you had like a 21-day option period. And then it got down to 14-day option period. And now I think, what, three, five, seven-day option period is about the norm now. So you need to have that report. So then you can decide if you need to have people in the trade come out and do further evaluation you know the air conditioner or plumbing or electrical or roof or what have you and you may need to extend your option period but you need to get that report as soon as possible so then you can start negotiating stuff so yeah it's very critical to get it out as soon as possible now you mentioned some different i don't know if we call them vendors mm -hmm. or um, yeah. thinking about like the you know, home heating and air guys yeah. and folks like that. Yep. Do you, does Barfield have preferred vendors that we, you work with? We do. We have. I've, I meet people um, out in the field all the time, and I have a list on my website of under home buying resources menu, and it'll take you to preferred vendors. And I always, not only do I always refer at least three vendors but I also recommend to people when you hire any kind of contractor to get at least three bids um, 
except when you need a home inspector. Just call me. You don't have to call anybody else. No, seriously. Um, always get three bids. You know, contact three at least three people. So I have uh, three or four or five or six different types of vendors, plumbing, electrical, heating and air, all that on my website. And if you need somebody that's not available, you can always call me and I'll refer somebody else. So. Does Barfield offer... Well, you mentioned the, the pre-inspection, so mm -hmm. folks are getting ready to sell their home. Mm -hmm. Are there any other circumstances that you inspect a home? Well, we do uh, new construction. If you're building a home, we'll do a pre-sheet rock phase inspection as well as a final, what they call a third-party walkthrough, which is a final inspection before you take ownership of a new house. Uh, we also offer a one-year warranty if you do have a new construction home and you always get a one-year warranty so you would call me at the around the 11th month mark so i can come in and do an inspection and put together a report so you can give to your builder before your warranty runs out and then we also provide the termite what they call well it's a wood destroying insect report people used to call it a termite report but we also provide those as part of the real estate inspection and then we can, um, yeah, and then uh, we also do consulting. So, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the reasons mm -hmm. that folks should give you a call if they're in the situation where they're getting ready to sell their home or yeah. buy a home. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got a really thorough inspection. Mm -hmm. You have a solid team. Right. Preferred vendors that you work with that you would, you know, recommend to your own family. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Well, I mean, it's uh, also going back to referral. I don't uh, take any referral fee for the people that I refer to. That's very important. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to be partial to any one vendor. So I don't, I don't, even though they offer to give me a referral fee, I don't ever take it. So that would be a biased or um, giving them a biased opinion. But um, as far as uh, getting a home inspection done, you know, uh, if you're getting ready to put it on the market or you're looking to buy, uh, get a home inspection done so you know what uh, condition it is before you buy it or sell it, before you buy it. Um, and we, don't, we aren't there to scare you in any way. We're there to give you as much information about the home and so you can make an informed decision about buying it. And that's about it. Well, that sounds good. And for everybody tuning in, we want to say thanks for taking a chance on us and tuning in to the very first episode of Under the Roof with Randy Barfield. Randy, give the folks a sneak peek of, of what's to come you know, on future episodes. So in the future, we're going to be talking more about houses and homes and home inspections, but we're also going to be getting people in, in the trades, plumbers, contractors, electricians, realtors, appraisers, uh, mortgage brokers, anybody that we can get in here and talk to them so that we can put together more information, more content that you might find interesting so you can listen to us because this is what this is all about. It's you know under the roof with Randy Barfield so I can give you guys some stuff to listen to. You can go to my website, which is barfieldhomeinspections.com, or you can call me up. You can hit my cell phone at 512-789-2710, or my business line, 512-350-0123, 
or you can send me an email, abarfield at austin.rr.com. Yeah, so uh, just give me a call, contact me if you need something, if you just want to pick my brain about stuff or whatever you want to do. I'll talk to anybody. Thanks, folks.